No. In your heart, in your mind, that dream came from God. Many years ago, a young man had a dream of telling the story of Jesus Christ everywhere in the world. He suggested taking the good news to people. An older man says, sit down, young man. If God wants to save the heathen, he will do it without your help or mine. Well, this young man, William Carey, was a cobbler, a shoemaker. As he worked day after day making shoes, he thought about this exciting dream of his. He, he, he preached a sermon, sermon, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. Because he believed this with all his heart, he left his own country of England and went to India. There he spent the rest of his life teaching and preaching about Jesus, who said, go into all the world and tell the good news. It was several years before even one person accepted this message. But one, then another... Then many believed the good news of Jesus until thousands upon thousands came to know Jesus because of a young man with a dream. And he opened the door. Church, I want to encourage you to dream big for God. I want to encourage you to, to not let the, the trials and tribulations of your life, not let the, the winds and, and the, the blessings in life sway you away from your dream. The, the youth here at the church and I have been studying about a dreamer. It's fifth Sunday, so the, the kids are, are in the sanctuary with us today. So some of them are going to recognize a lot of what we're talking about here. But we've been studying about a dreamer. A dreamer with an audacity to dream of greatness. A dreamer with God's hand on him uh, who had the audacity to live a life through struggles, trials, disappointment, hatred, and envy without wavering in his faith. This dreamer had the audacity to dream. That's the title of this message today. The audacity to dream. Church, do you have the audacity to dream? Read with me from Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. And the scriptures say such. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger. In the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors, but when his brothers saw that his their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. 
Now Joseph had a dream and he told his brothers that they hated him even more. When he told his brothers they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. He had the audacity to dream. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and he told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. Folks, David had an audacity to dream. His dream was audacious. His dream was, was, was controversial. His dream was, was prophetic. There's some characteristics of a godly dreamer. A godly dreamer has uncompromised character. A godly dreamer is unmoved by his trials. And a godly dreamer is unshaken. His faith is unshakable. And most of all, a godly dreamer has an unstoppable God. Amen? So, Joseph's uncompromised character. Look at verse 2 the, of the, the text we just read. And it says, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought back a bad report of them to his father. Now, when you look at that, you, you're thinking, Joseph, why you got to be a tattletale? You're looking at that, you're saying, you know, why, why you got to, to go back to dad and, and tell him that, that the boys weren't doing their job? Uncompromised character. See, Joseph, he didn't have the capacity to go to his father in line and say, oh yeah, dad, everything was okay with the guys in the field. Because his character would not allow him to lie. His character was uncompromised. He couldn't, he couldn't do the wrong thing because in his mind, the right thing was the only way to go. When dad asked him, how the boy's doing in the field, son? Well, dad, to be honest with you, they weren't exactly doing their job. That's the reality. That's, that's Joseph's character. His, his character was uncompromised. He couldn't be waved or swerved into doing wrong. Example. Now, later on in Joseph's life, because of the hatred of his brothers, he ended up sold into slavery. Now, because of his character, he rose to prominence as a slave. He rose to prominence in the house of Potiphar. 
Potiphar was a very powerful man in Egypt. He was the the keeper of the prisons. Switch over to chapter 39 and look at verses 7 through 10. If you would read with me when you're there, say amen. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, I'm going to jump back just a little bit. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Joseph was a good-looking young man, a strapping 17-year-old, ripped, looking good, could have any lady he wanted, including, apparently, Potiphar's wife. Now, for most young men of that stature, the issue there could uh, pose a problem for uh, their character. Can I be honest? Uh, as a young man, before my, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk past that. Joseph, Joseph, now Joseph was a handsome, informed in appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused. And said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. His character, his master's wife, Potiphar, understood that Joseph was going to do the right thing. He turned over everything he had to Joseph. Joseph, just take care of my household so I don't have to worry about it. You know you trust somebody. You know that person has uncompromised character when you can just give them the keys to your house. Sometimes I wonder about giving the keys to my house to myself. But Potiphar gave the keys to his house to a slave. To a slave. And he said, just take care of everything so I don't have to worry about anything. And Joseph took care of everything. Joseph says, but he, but there, there is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you. That's the only thing in Potiphar's house that Joseph wasn't allowed to touch. Now, how many of y'all realize that when somebody puts something in front of you, think about a child, and this is just human nature. You can have this candy, this candy, and this candy, but don't touch this one. Which one do you want? You want the one that they said, don't touch. You can have everything in my house. Nothing in here is not for you except for this one thing. Now, you got to realize Potiphar, because of his, his authority, because of, of, of his, his, his uh, role in Egypt, you know he probably had the baddest wife in Egypt. Kind of like Leon. I got the baddest wife in Raleigh. And, and, and he, 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 he knew that Potiphar said, you can have anything in my house. Bruh, keep your hands off my lady. So Joseph said to her, 
There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife. And it wasn't about Potiphar. It wasn't about Joseph. It wasn't about Potiphar's wife. Joseph says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against Potiphar? No. Sin against myself? No. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph's character was uncompromised. He, he didn't care what the, comp, the what the, the consequences were, would be of him turning away from Potiphar's wife. He didn't care what the comp, consequences could be of him uh, pushing her away and said, no, I can't do this. I cannot sin against my God. You know, the, sometimes... There's consequences to godly character. Sometimes when, 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 when God has laid on your heart to do the right thing, it can be a little uncomfortable. Bad things can happen. But just know when you are walking within God's will and you're walking within uh, the, the, the truth of God, he's going to be with you. He's going to be there for you. Let's read on here in, in chapter 40, uh, verse 20 and 23 says, uh, so let me just kind of tell you what happened. Joseph, Potiphar's wife, she screamed, claimed that Joseph tried to rape her. Joseph ends up getting, getting in trouble with Potiphar. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in the, the prison a place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in prison. Uncompromised character sometimes causes uncomfortable situations. But when God is with you, he's going to be there to protect you, to lead you, and to guide you. The scripture says, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were there in prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Think about that now. Godly character caused you to turn away from a sin. That sin caused you to find yourself in prison. But God is with you in prison. Now you, you have control over the prison and the prisoners. What kept Joseph from causing a prison revolt and getting up out of that prison? Again, godly character. 
Church, my question to you today is, how godly is your character? How how godly is, is my character? Joseph was unmoved by his trials. He, he, his faith was never shaken. That first point, uncompromised character, leads us to this second point. Look with me to James chapter 1. No, I'm not going there yet. I'm sorry. Let's look at verse 3 from our original text first. Verse 3 from our original text. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told him, told them to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So that, that's that, that section we just read. Now, look, watch this right here. This is so important. Joseph was unmoved by his trials. Think about what Joseph's situation was. Joseph was motherless. His mother had died in the previous chapter, giving birth to his baby brother, Benjamin. So he doesn't have a mom. Now, I know all the men out there. Men, we are no, there's no one closer to us than our moms. We love mom. You know, uh, mom can never do no wrong. Dad teach, teach his son how to play basketball. He gets famous on TV. First thing he says is, hi, mom. The guys in the NFL draft, you know, they, they know dad taught them how to play football, taught them how to um, do everything that they did. Hi, mom. Joseph lost his mom at an early age. He's 17 years old. He's got no mom. His father overcompromised, causing envy and strife between he and his brothers. And his brothers hated him. Can you imagine? You got 11 brothers. Not one of them on your side. Because your uncompromised character has many times caused strife between you and your brothers because you have come with a bad report probably on more than one occasion. We just have it listed once here. Sometimes when you dream big, the haters are going to come out. Sometimes when you dream big for your faith, the haters are going to be there to tell you, you can't do that. You can't do this. But stay focused on what God has for you. See, Joseph's brothers hated him. They hated him. Their goal was to quench his dream. They wanted to, to stop that dream. Nobody wants their little brother telling them, you're going to bow before me? I don't even think Joseph realized what his dream was saying. I mean, if he realized it, do you think he would have told his brothers? I'm just going to submit to you today that if I was Joseph, that dream would have stayed in my heart. But you know what? God put that dream on Joseph's heart. So God had Joseph to expel that dream to his brothers because it was prophetic. 
It was, it was the truth. It may have been audacious. It may have been controversial, but it was God's will. And Joseph had to tell his brothers about his dream. They hated Joseph enough to try to kill him. If it had not been for big brother Reuben, Joseph would have been dead. But God placed it in Reuben's heart to maintain Joseph's lives. This was all a plan from God. Theologically, the reality is God had already promised Israel the land. Theologically, God had promised that that, that Israel would multiply greatly. And this is the process that God chose to take Israel to where it had to be. Amen? So they hated Joseph enough to try to kill him, yet and yet they sold him into slavery. But guess what? Joseph was unmoved by his trials. Joseph's faith never wavered. It was unshakable. He was sold into slavery in the Potiphar's house, as we talked about, trial. He was unmoved by his trial. He rose to prominence in Potiphar's house. His faith was unshaken. He was falsely accused and imprisoned. He was unmoved by his trial. He rose to prominence in prison. His faith was unshaken. He was forgotten about by a kid, the king's cupbearer while he was sitting there in that prison. He was unmoved by his trial. Always maintaining his faith. Refusing to compromise his character and never letting his trial move him. Look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 12. I'm going to read it to you from the New English translation. It says, my brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials. And let endurance have the perfect effect so that you would be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. But if anyone is deficient in wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously. And without reprimand, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed around by the wind. Listen to this right here. For the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Since he is a double-minded individual, unstable in all things. Now, the believer of humble means should take pride in his high position. But the rich person's pride should be in humiliation because he will pass away like a wildflower in the meadow. For the sun rises with its heat and dries up the meadow. The petal of the flower falls off the beauty of is lost forever. So also the rich person in the midst of his pursuits will wither away. Watch this. Happy is the one who endures testing. Because when he is, has proven to be genuine, he will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. Amen? Amen. Joseph had the audacity to dream because his dream was given to him by God. He was tested and found to be true. He had uncompromised character. He was unmoved by his trials and had been unshaken in his faith. Yet the reality of it all, 
the reason behind all of Joseph's uh, accolades. When, when we look at Joseph, we always think all these great things about Joseph. Joseph was, was able to withstand being in prison. He was able to withstand being thrown into the pit by his brothers. He was able to withstand the hatred, the hateful speak that his brothers always had to him. Can you just imagine every day in your life, you have 11 brothers, every last one of them hates you to the core. They hate you. Seriously, so much they're willing to kill you. Can you imagine just every day in life, the people that you live with, Look at you in disdain and envy and hatred. Yet his character stays unshaken. His faith unwavered. He's not moved by these trials. Not at all. The only way, the only way you can walk that way with all the things that Joseph has gone through, is you got to be serving an unstoppable God. You got to be serving a God that can't, can't be moved. A God that that, 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 that that whenever you have issues, you have somebody you can go to and talk to and say, God, I'm in this situation. I need you right now, Lord. I, help me in this situation, God. It's unstoppable. Theologically, again, all of this was God's plan. God chose Joseph because he knew he had a brother who loved him with all his heart. He knew that Joseph and his audacious, controversial dream, he knew that Joseph was not going to waver. He knew that with him, God, the unstoppable God, there with him, the Israel, the promise of Israel would be fulfilled. Pharaoh had a dream. In fact, he had two dreams. Pharaoh, the, the, the ruler of Egypt, the most powerful man in the world, he had these dreams. And one of the dreams had to do with some fat cows eating. And, and then these skinny, ugly cows came and ate up the fat cows. And then another dream, it, it was seven of each of them. Then there was another dream, there was seven uh, nice, healthy uh, corn stalks that grew up and stood up. And then there were seven ugly and, and thin and wilted corn stalks that grew up, or something like that. You get the point. The ugly stalks devoured the, 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 the nice ones, the pretty ones. This, this, this dream bothered Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't understand what was going on with this dream. And he, he called all of his music, musicians and, and all of the, the soothsayers or whatever he had and asked them about this dream. But nobody could, could decipher and explain to him this dream. Then his, his cupbearer, his, his chief uh, 
butler. The one that, if you guys remember the story, Joseph, uh, while he was in prison, he interpreted two dreams. There was the baker who had a dream. He had a dream that uh, he had all this this food and stuff prepared for, for Pharaoh, and he had it on his hat, and the birds came down and devoured it. Pharaoh took off his head. Okay. And then there was the cupbearer who had a dream, and the the result of his dream ended up being that uh, he got re-put re back into his position as, as the king's butler, chief butler, cupbearer, right? Now, two years have gone by when uh, Joseph was in prison, and, and he, he had done this for these two guys, and they both said, yeah, we'll remem remember you when we get before Pharaoh. <laughs> Isn't it funny how when you're living for God and, 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 and you're doing what God would ask you to do, those around you sometimes forget about you. Those you help when you're working to do God's will, sometimes they, 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 they forget about you. Well, the cupbearer for two years forgot about Joseph, but Joseph served an unstoppable God. Uh, and the Pharaoh's cupbearer remembered Joseph. Remember, Joseph's brothers hated Joseph and his dream. They tried to quench his dream. But what do we say? When God is for us, who can be against you? They hated Joseph enough to try to kill him. Again, Reuben saved him. He was still sold into slavery, but Joseph's faith was unwavered. See, Joseph became the governor of all the land because of his ability to interpret dreams, but more importantly, his character, his willingness to follow God's plan. Sometimes we, God will give you a dream, so to speak, a burden in your heart, and everybody around you is saying, man, you can't do that. Just like the, the gentleman I talked about in the beginning of the sermon, uh, he, he said he wanted to go spread the gospel, and the older man told him, man, if God wanted to save the heathen, he'd do it without you or me. Well, sometimes... The people around you, their faith ain't strong enough to understand your dream. Sometimes the people around you, their faith ain't strong enough to, to, to understand uh, what God has for you. So you just got to keep pushing. You got to keep moving. You got to keep doing what God has for you. You got to do what God says for you to do. Joseph became the governor over all the land. He, he, he collected all the, all the, um, the wheat and he prepared the, 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 all the land for the coming drought. Time of desperation. Joseph thought he'd never see his family again but he served an unstoppable God. 
He, he thought he'd, he'd, he'd never get out of the prison, but he served an unstoppable God. He wondered if his dream was just a dream, but he served an unstoppable God. He missed his father and, and, and his brothers, and he served an unstoppable God, even though they tried to kill him, even though they, he, they missed his, he, he missed his envious brothers. He served an unstoppable God. His brothers came. His fathers came. And they bowed before the governor of all the land. Joseph served an unstoppable God. I want each and every one of you to know you serve an unstoppable God. God can do any and everything he wants to do. If there's something that God put a burden on your heart, God has told you, I want you to be a missionary. I want you to, to, to preach. I want you to teach. I want you to lead a ministry. I want you to do whatever God has told you to do. You serve an unstoppable God. Sometimes you think, well, I just don't have the skills. I, 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 can't, I can't do this because I don't know how to do the other. You serve an unstoppable God. When God calls you to a work, you just get out there and do the work. He'll put whatever he, you need to get the work done in your hands. God loves you so much. He cares about you so much that if God can be for you, who can be against you? Joseph understood that he served an unstoppable God. He saved his entire family, his entire tribe from the famine. Serve an unstoppable God. Joseph saved Israel. Theologically speaking, Israel came into Egypt. Israel prospered in Egypt and grew and grew and grew to numbers that, 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 are, that are great and huge. And before it was all over, Israel was in the land that God had promised him. You know why? Because Joseph served an unstoppable God. Amen? You know, there are times when we wonder if God is there. Sometimes we, we may be struggling with this thing or another and we're, we're wondering, God, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? I can't believe that this is going on in my life or the other. I need you. He's right there. The question is, do you know him? Is he your savior? Because even though he's there, if you don't have a relationship with with God, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He's unstoppable. But until you become one of His, it doesn't matter for your life. So, what I want to do today, I want to give you the opportunity to know Him in a personal way. To know this, this God that Joseph served, this God that, that brought Israel from the brink of disaster to numerous, numerous, numerous numbers where Jewish people are everywhere. To a point where 
a Jewish carpenter raised a, a child that was not his, but that was God up until the age where he was able to teach him the truth. Christ loved us so much that he allowed himself to be hung on a cross. Even before that, to be beaten and scourged and and spat upon and, and treated horribly. So much so that a normal person would have died before he even made it to the cross. But on that third day, After his death, he rose. He he walked out of that grave, and now he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for those of us that know him. This is your opportunity to know him. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. We thank you for Joseph and his audacious dream. Father, we love you. What we thank you really for is Jesus. Because of Jesus, we are in right standing with you. Father, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray right now that they would open up their hearts and allow Jesus to enter into their hearts and change them from the inside out. If there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You want him in your heart. You want to know him. You want to live for him. Would you, right where you're sitting, just raise your hand. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. And we glorify your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, body of Christ. If this is your first time at Body of Christ Church, first or second time, uh, we're not going to ask you to get up and say a long speech or anything like that. We just want to recognize who you are. Right where you're sitting, if you just raise your hand so we can recognize who you are. First time visitors, 